All right, I have time dot is up. How about twenty three fifty? Okay. The shortest you've ever chosen. Five. Five. I, that's four, so short. That's so three, soon. Two, I don't know two, if I'll be ready. Two, one. one. It's too soon, honestly. It's too soon. I mean, it just happened. <laughs> time dot is just did happen. Wow. Okay. Well, right luckily time. I don't use those claps for anything. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dice Fiends. We are playing. Cornfield Chaos. It's we so are playing. That's the name. We finally got Cornfield, it. Thank you. Cornfield and Chaos. Cornfield, Cornfield and Chaos. Chaos in the Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition system. No, nope. try again. My name Keep is. Trying. Nope. Nope. We are. We are yeah. actually. We're actually. We're playing. We're, sorry, we're playing. Become your best self. No. 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 We <laughs> are. Dragon. We are trying to. We are playing Blades in the Dark. It's. We are playing Blades in the Dark. This oh, is Daniel's Hello, everyone, oh. and welcome to Dice Fiends, the actual play podcast, where we're playing Cornfield Chaos. Uh, it's a game. <laughs> nope, that's the name of the campaign. The game we're playing it's is Mask the New Generation. My is name is Shannon. the name of the game we're playing. <laughs> it is. It's part two has a new name. No, oh, part two oh, has oh. a new name. That's rad. I, I wish uh, I knew that. Chow literally just named it five seconds ago. Uh, my name is Shannon. I'm the GM, not Chell. Chell has been usurped. I have pronouns. They are she. That's rad. Me too. They they're with she. My and also her. And I'm playing everyone besides these chuckle fucks. I'll kick it everyone. off to all of the pot chuckle fucks. Just chime in at once, I hope. My name is Chell. I am playing. Alice, a.k.a. Link's Desire. She uses she, her, I use they, them, and Shannon thinks she's usurped me, but she will be proven wrong because I will cut this entire portion out. No! <laughs> I, I am Lily. My pronouns are she, her, and Fayfair. Uh, I will be playing Alpha. Uh, and I am trapped between the window panes. Oh, hang in, on in a second. In your window, so please, please let me out. This is the this is the loosest ship that's ever happened because I'm already interrupting the introductions. I told my mom about your pronouns the other day, Lily, and my mom's just obsessed with neo pronouns now. She's like, <laughs> "That's amazing." <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just cool. Mm -hmm. Lily's a trendsetter. I'm a <laughs> I'm not a trendsetter. I stole them from someone else like two years ago. At least for moms, my mom yeah. specifically. Moms love <laughs> Lily. Awesome. Midwestern moms. Yeah, Midwestern moms. Midwestern right. moms. Matt or Friendicle, you, you can probably introduce yourself oh, now. Uh, uh, hi, I'm Friendicle. I do the he-they pronouns. I'm playing Flaxen, the um, living sign. Their pronouns are they-them, because there's not much to them. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt, the most normal person at the table tonight, as you've seen so far. Tonight, I'll be bringing for you one Thomas Midgley. That's right, not a fucking single thing has changed, unlike everyone else. Except he is technically now Survivor instead of Surveyor. And my pronouns... Oh, the pronouns that I have. So many pronouns. My pronouns are he, him. Oh, Lily, did you say your character's name? I said Alpha. I don't know the okay. super name yet. Okay. All right. 
alpha cheats. I, I was too. I was too. Uh, I was too on it, preparing to tell you about my mom. I wasn't listening to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow! Holy shit! I, I also Whoa. frequently don't listen to Lily. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, wow. And as always, if I you want keep, to complain I about going and going, if you want to complain mm-hmm. about anything, our official account is let's shenanigan dot blue sky dot social. Yeah, oh, so feel free it. to go. So feel free to complain about all the shitty jokes. Oh, what? Oh, right. Yes, a, a, a website I definitely have logged on to more than three times. Mm-hmm. I do real. say I did put in my profile there that I'm taking over dice fiends from the inside. I don't know if you saw. <laughs> oh that. my god, I I see that now. <laughs> It's good that you see it now, because it's too yeah. late. Yeah. yeah. Shannon's I... the Dice Fiend's dad now. Ha <laughs> Dice Daddy. I am everyone's dad, so. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to do when our team first came together, or? Yes, we do. If everybody's right. ready for that. Uh, sure. I don't know how this will apply for me, though. Yeah, you know, you're just going to sit down. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> the, down, all right. the downside of choosing the exact same character. All right. Um, let's do... Hang on. There's an order you're supposed to do these in. Da, da, da. Really just stalling, giving Lily a chance to finish these. That's oh, real. thank you. So sweet. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um... All right, Bull, Nova, Outsider, who's dead? Sorry. Janice! <laughs> Rip. We saved the life of someone important, either to the city or to us. Who was it, and why are they important? I can tell you who it wasn't. It wasn't Spooky Jones. It wasn't Alpha's parents. It wasn't Alpha's parents. I think it was Spooky Jones. Okay, all right. Honestly, like, because... I, I think we saved him, and so he gave us, like, the library, you know? Or he kept mm-hmm. us in the library, or whatever. I don't know, the details are all fuzzy, but the point is, yeah. he gave us an in at the library, of some sort. Uh, transformed. We drew attention and ire from Plenty during this fight. One important person in particular now hates and fears us. Who is it? That's fun that those are direct opposites one important person ah let me scroll down this list here no 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 they had something happen to them let's make this a twofer okay i think i go to the dentist (laughs) (laughs) take them all (laughs) take them all out dentist man (laughs) See, it's going to be Dan Speedball McNPC. Ah, uh, yes. Who hates us for the damage we did to the Lurves uh, gas station trucker stop thing. Because we wiped out the side that has the Strumblegogi, leaving only the Yarbies alive. Would you believe I just got the joke of of lerves <laughs> and his part-time employee who has yet to encounter the truly horrifying thing or has already done 
uh, Fergus Hutchison Jr. is now even more afraid of the botanical beast that has now escaped library uh, quarantine. Uh, man, all right. Are we ready? We are. Uh, are we ready to do this? I think so. I, I don't know that I am ready to uh, say words. Oh yeah, Scion! Oh my God, Chill! I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. It's, <laughs> I'm not even shit. Apparently, I've been so usurped. I'm not even in my own fucking podcast. <laughs> Shannon, like, who are you again, Chell? Hi, I'm Chell. I am the mostly GM of the Dice Fiends. Tonight we are playing Masks, a new generations in the Cornfield Chaos System. Alice, a.k.a. Lynx, the Scion. Her <laughs> pronouns are she, her, my pronouns are they, them. I will pass it over to our GM, Shannon. Joe, someone important, important learned about your lineage and condemned you all. Who and why? Lily, oh. I'm sorry. I'm going to be real fucky with this. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm gonna be real fucking. Abigail Farthing condemned us all after oh, yeah. all my lineage. <laughs> oh yeah, Lily. Um, unfortunately, Abigail Farthing has some bad timeline changes. Um, so oh, you're awesome. not gonna be happy about. Oh, I'm gonna be so fucking happy about it. Abigail Farthing, semi-famous blogger and a corporal rat. No. <laughs> yep, she works for Cloak actually. You know, the guys that have Thomas trapped. And has a live, laugh, love oh, sign in her house now. A hundred percent. Monstrous. <laughs> okay. Uh, so she condemned you. Why? Why? Is the other part. She wondered who I was about my parentage. Because, like, Cloak is like, oh, we need to protect the world from threats. You would definitely condemn the person related to the biggest threat in the world currently. All of her graffiti is just reminding you to stay hydrated and little sayings that she paints around town. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe and order your MLM healing crystals today. No! <laughs> Not the healing crystals. We massacred Lily's Blorbo. This is why you need to establish what happened to your Blorbos. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, it's okay. I'm still gonna write a book about her. Hell yeah! Or kill them fine. off preemptively so Shannon can't. Uh, How could I preempt? I guess yeah. True. On the cover, we see the four bedrooms from the first issue, all empty. A silhouetted speed demon, red right hand on display, is looming in Alice's doorway. Cornfield cryptids and its corn kerning is torn out. Below it is the new title, written in blood. Cornfield Chaos, issue number one, all alone. This issue starring Flaxen, unraveling before your eyes. Cursed Mirror, a reflection given life. Survivor, he'll do what it takes. And Copycat. Out of time, out of patience.
now now that we've got the goofs out, I want to remind well, everybody. Well, I mean, yeah, I know. There's no stopping. But I want to remind everybody that this is the bad timeline and things are bad. And we're going to be dealing with past child abuse, cults, domestic abuse, uh, which includes, like, brainwashing and mind control. What else do I have here? Sad dad stuff. That's oh. on the list. Confinement. Wouldn't be masks without dad stuff. Yeah. Confinement, human exper experimentation and genetic modification. And also alien experimentation and genetic modification. <laughs> so, like, just a reminder about if you need, if we need a pause, you can, I, I am trying to have Discord open. You can send it on Discord. You can DM on Discord. You can say it with your, with your words in your mouth. You can d do a thing on the, um, just, you know. If it if things are too heavy, let us let us know so we can break and have good good mental health for the actual. You know humans. what's heavy? Iron steel beams, <laughs> and oops, all jet fuel. <laughs> all right. So on that note, like <laughs> yeah, yep. Happy nine eleven. Happy nine eleven, everyone. Happy nine eleven, everyone. <laughs> Just so sad. This is what you've done to us, Chell. It started with what, WonderCon. What I've done to you. Chell's mm -hmm. like, damn it. Chell's like, damn it. This could have been Eidolon. All right. <laughs> oh, wait. There'll be more 9 11 jokes, even in Eidolon. All right, everybody. I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to make one. You ready to be traumatized? All right. You turn the page. We have four panels of four things sleeping. In the first panel, you have the timestamp Sunday, July 14th, 2069, Spring Hills, Illinois, 9 a.m. The first panel, we see Alice's room. Alice, would you like to describe your room? Lynx's room doesn't have a lot of decorations on the walls, since those would require speed demons, and she is not going to give him that satisfaction. The furniture in the room is a dresser that contains her everyday clothes, a standalone closet containing her speed demon-approved armor, and her single bed, which she had bolted to the far wall up from the doorway. Underneath her bed is a go bag and her speed demon non-approved gear. She doesn't have a door, just a doorway, and also a single window. In said doorway, there's a dark figure it's just a silhouette of a man and the only patch of color is on his right hand and it is red and in the next panel we see alpha's room alpha's alpha. room is very clean it's clean it's a little bit sterile um but not in the way that Sheets's room was where it was just kind of abandoned and dusty alpha's room is a perfectly made bed with uh, posters of famous artwork on the walls, right? There's there's the Mona Lisa, there's Starry Night, there's a couple of Andy Warhol paintings. Um, and 
The only other piece of furniture besides the bed and the dresser is Alpha's desk, which has a little laptop and a drawing tablet and a sketchbook just neatly laid out on top of it, as well as a little uh, pen holder up. And um, the part of that pa- panel uh, next to the door, there's the a little dash with a knock-knock on a monothea. Um, then we have Flaxen's... Actually, we don't see Flaxen sleeping in their room. We see Flaxen's bedroom that Granny Melinda set up for them. Okay. You see this large canopied, yeah, queen-size canopied princess bed. The posts are all tower spires. It's got the nice tent and, you know, the see-through lace silk flowing down the side. There's a matching, you know, floral rug. Everything's been decorated just for the perfect little princess. You've got a matching desk, tea table, dresser. There's even a TV in there. But it's all covered in the finest layer of dust as it is untouched and unloved as the character who is not residing in it. And you, uh, we see Granny Melinda walking by the door and just, <sighs> it's a little sigh. And then we'll get to where Flaxen is in the next set of panels because next we have Thomas. And I am going to describe Thomas's room because Thomas does not know where he's at. It's a small room with all white walls. There is a bed that Thomas is floating slightly off of that's slightly better than a cot. There's an ensuite bathroom, uh, a tiny, like, child's desk with paper and crowns on it uh, that are not used, not touched. There is a two-way mirror for, um, you know, observations. There's no windows. There's a single door with um, a biometric lock on it that you have to use to get out. Is there anything you would like to add to your room, Thomas? There is, uh, beneath the bed, almost like it was forgotten, an empty picture frame. Dropped your picture frame? There's no picture in it, so... Oh, okay. So you still have the picture. Alright, and then you have the next four panels. Alright, so we saw the panel where a man was looming in Alice's doorway, and then the next panel, he's a little more detailed. Uh, He's a thin man with a... um, a fuckboy mullet that's all i know how to describe it as uh he's got blonde hair and is the the party in the back is in a ponytail um he wears glasses and he just he's got the most punchable face that you've ever seen Mm -hmm. 
Lynx, wake up. One moment. Not one moment. Get up. Um, I think... Where were you last night, Lynx? Where, uh, had to... And you remember where you were last night was watching your dad get fucking almost killed. Mm Mm-hmm. But then this person is... This person... He looks kind of like your dad. If my dad was buried in a twink cemetery and came back wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> your dad but ran through the, the, the douchebaginator. Mm-hmm. And then is calling me a name I don't know. So yeah. she doesn't know what ha- is happening. As she's waking up, I think she can... She... Her v- vision looks different because... A lot of her is cybernetic now in this bad timeline. And she can't feel anyone. Yeah. She You know I think... actually, let's start this out right. How you, how how are you feeling about all these changes? I think she is in a I think she gets that chill down her spine immediately. Mm-hmm. Like she knows something is wrong now. You want to take a powerful blow? Ooh. Do you think it's that bad yet? I don't think it's that bad yet, no. All right, I'm sure I can make it that bad. Oh, no, I'm sure I'm sure you will. But I think at this moment, her first thought is, have I been kid? Was I kidnapped from the base? Or something like that, because the last thing that she remembered doing is texting Rain and falling asleep. And just because she has phone notifications in her eyes, that doesn't mean anything since Thomas did make her phone an iPhone last game. <laughs> I like Matt's reaction. <laughs> it's like, oh, I did do that, didn't I? Oh, yeah, I did do that. Soldier, report. Where were you last night? Getting up, she sees like her limbs and she just gets like a thought to lie, like just a little thought bubble in her frame in like a dark blue just says lie and Mm -hmm. she's like i i had to go to the library late at night because i needed to return the tempest and the princess and i didn't want to use the book drop because kathy ann never fucking checks the book drop then i get charged for it and then i have to argue with her or hack the systems and i wanted to just go in Put it back in the system in person, reshelf it. So yeah, that's where I was. He uh, narrows his eyes. I, uh, you're still grounded. That's the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard. Fuck. Breakfast. And he starts walking towards the kitchen. What a piece of shit. And I think she's gonna grum. She's going to take a hot second to look at her body. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is happening here? But she's going to get dressed and just warily go out to get breakfast. So we're going to cut to the next panel. Alpha. Marceline. Do you call her Aunt Marceline or do you just call Aunt her Marcy. Marceline? Aunt Marcy. Okay. Aunt Marcy is knocking on your door. 
Alpha, sweetie. Alpha's at his desk, uh, drawing on his tablet. I think he has been for a few hours. Ooh. Early bird. And he, yeah. And he, he looks over his shoulder, and he turns off the screen, puts the stylus away, and gets up and goes to the door, and he says, Good morning. Morning, dear. You ready for breakfast? I made your favorite. What's my favorite again? Damn it, Lily. <laughs> I was going to have you answer that. <laughs> Motherfucker. That was in character. I like to imagine Alpha's favorite. I like to imagine Alpha's favorite changes every few every few months. All right. What was Alpha's uh, what was Alpha's most recent favorite? French toast. I was going to say French toast. I almost just Well, you could have answered the question. Damn it. All right. And Marcy says French toast, that is still your favorite, or have you changed it again on us? I don't know. I guess I'll eat it. Oh, you little rascal. All right, let's go get some breakfast. <laughs> and, he, and he just, like, kind of skips along into the kitchen. <laughs> oh my god, I love him. <laughs> All right. And then we have... Granny Melinda walking past the pretty princess room. And to where Kale, because uh, it's Granny Melinda would still call you Kale. Of course. Where her perfect princess granddaughter Kale is, is, is sleeping. And what would you like to describe where that is? So in a less used corridor of the bunker that is below the library. There is a broom cupboard with the door slightly ajar. From within, you see the flickering yellow lights as if a swarm of fireflies is trapped within. We zoom through the crack to a pulsating mass of flesh, like the heart of a child. And as we zoom out, you see the tendrils and tentacles bespotted with eyes, fangs, and ending in claws, of which there are hundreds, just up in the top corner like a mass of daddy long legs. In the bottom left corner of this, there is a small picture frame and two very melted candles of a Teenage boy in jeans, a raggedy gray sweater hoodie, and a tanned yellow duster, which also happens to be hanging up on the back of the door to this closet. And there we find Flaxen, the living sign, all alone in the broom closet at the back of the bunker. Granny Melinda comes to your your door your chosen room door hello kale what are you doing in here kale honey a few of the tendrils with eyes uh kind of droop down and snake forward just to melinda's eye level and in melinda's head going i'm resting grandmama it is time for saving my strength 
maybe your favorite. Oh? Yes. French toast. Ah, French toast. Dad liked French toast. That's why you're my favorite granddaughter. Yes, let's go feast upon what he loved. Okay. Some gun. And it just, from the corner, it slides around into the old duster and fills out into a semi-humanoid shape. Like, if the Little Mermaid was... Oh, no. Eldritch in horror and just able to slither upon land, following Melinda out of the closet and into the hall. Kale, you know, that duster is very dirty. It was his. It is good. But you are so much more beautiful than him. Without him, I cannot see the beauty in this world. Ah, one day. Ah, for I am daddy's good girl. Now we'll do everything to avenge him. Hello, it's time for another mid-roll. And you know what? I'm going to be doing uh, to these mid-rolls every week because I make good choices. And it is March Maskness. We're not doing anything official this year because there's not anything official this year. We are going to be kicking off with some good old March Maskness by releasing an episode every week. And two episodes on the final. But I'll remind you once again when we get to that. Hey Paul, would you say that you are haunted by nightmares of the things that have happened on the Crow's Codex? I occasionally have some difficult dreams that come up. Most of those are associated with the most recent story. Anything in particular with the most recent story that's really haunted you? The time where there were more mouths than we expected, or more eyes than we expected, or more eyes in mouths than we expected. It's hard to narrow it down. Was it the fish with human teeth? It's definitely up there. If any of these things sound horrible to you, you can find them and more on the Crow's Codex, now part of the Imaginary Broadcast Network. It's as real as you want it to be. the beep of the door or to the automatic lights turning on but I think you wake up just slightly to see a man wheeling a cart into your room and on this cart there is just like medical supplies there's like syringes there's swabs there's um, the little pincers tongs things whatever they're called there's just like anything you could think of medical supplies and the man whose name you do not know comes in uh has his back towards you because he's wheeling the cart and making sure the door gets closed so that you know 
you don't get out. And he just draws. It's time for the monthly draws, creature. So Thomas, so Thomas, like the eyes open, and like you see the the pupils, they're still kind of dilated because they were just sleeping. Are like they're super wide, and then they like narrow pretty quickly, and then widen a little bit because it's still a little bit dark in here. Oh, it's bright fluorescent light. And oh, it's bright. Oh, it's bright now. Okay, so yeah, they they shrink quite a bit in the light and they kind of stay that way then and the eyes sort of swivel to the side to the man and then like very quickly like dart between various points in the room Mm -hmm. before Thomas even like moves to like swivel himself to the side of the bed like like he would swing his legs over and like drape them over but he's not touching anything still He's mm-hmm. just floating in place, and he sort of, like, places his hands on the sheet, finally touching them on either side, looking at the door, looking at the mirror, looking at the man, the cart, the walls, the ceiling, and, and then finally back to the man. You've never seen any of these things before. Mm-hmm. Especially like, not that man. And then finally back to the man, and the eyebrows furrow. And Thomas just says, who are you? He turns and he looks at you. And he glares and he says, why do you look like that? What? How'd you get those clothes? Thomas looks around the room again. And like, you can, you don't hear it, but you can see like the chest starting to inflate a little bit faster. And the shoulder is kind of moving slightly faster as it becomes evident that Thomas is starting to breathe faster. Mm-hmm. And rather than answer his question, Thomas goes, where am I? Uh, the man doesn't answer you and he's reaching for something like he's like in a suit like mm-hmm. uh, and he's reaching for something in his suit jacket. Thomas then, like, shifts off of the bed, and, like, for the first Stay there. time... Stay there! Don't move! Thomas stops for a moment, and he's sort of, like... So he's probably, like, at the edge of the bed, hand, like, some hands on the sheets, mm-hmm. and, like, in that, like, half, like, getting out of the bed motion. Mm-hmm. And, like, the... Eyebrow furrow kind of turns into a glare, and Thomas looks this man straight in the eyes and says, Give me your name. Okay. Are you um, doing something for that to happen, or are you just asking? (laughs) Well, demanding, but not using any special powers. Okay. Are you trying to provoke him? Do you want to do you want to roll dice? I will roll dice. That um, fiendish. That is a thing that we do here on the dice fiends. So yeah, I guess I guess we'll go with provoke since this is plus superior. That's usually okay with me. Unfortunately, that looks like a 7, not the absurdly high numbers that I normally get. 
Yes. Uh, that's wait. Uh, do you have any conditions from the last session? I do not actually. Congratulations. All right. So you truly get a seven and, uh, I think that in that case, they are going to air and you will gain a critical opportunity. So he's reaching in his suit jacket for something. You don't know what. Um, mm -hmm. And then you find out what. And it's a gun. And he points it at you. But I think um, like a key, key card also mm -hmm. falls out of the suit jacket as he's flummoxed. And he's like, I said stay where you are. I think what happens is that Thomas... Uh, sees this 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 motion happening and rather than going for the key card he actually like kind of does a half circle around to the other side of the room and grabs one of those crayons off of the table mm -hmm. and he's just holding that in in his hand and thomas looks at him he's like don't tell me what to do tell me what your name is and he's now like standing in sort of like a like one foot sort of forward uh slightly hunched like position like if you're going to throw a punch mm -hmm. but he's just holding a crayon I would like you to roll another provoke Okay Okay so on the, on the dice, that is a 9, so plus 2 brings us to 11. Yay! He was going to do it anyway, because this was the second time, and he's getting really freaked out. Um, but it's always happy to get the, the, the 10 plus. Uh, he, he stutters and he says, J Jack Midgley, you're not... You look so different. Are you still Thomas? That's who you think you are? I don't know what you mean by that, but yes, I am Thomas. Now, where am I? You're in the facility. Why? To be studied. Get back down on the bed and let me take the swabs. Let me go. No? I think we start seeing Thomas sort of, like, crouching a little bit more. And, like, when the panel switches back to his face, it's a little bit less anger and more fear. Mm -hmm. And the iris... And the pupil in his eyes are sort of fading away to be this sort of like featureless white void where his eyes should be. And since he's wearing, well, he is wearing the, the sorority jacket. So you probably only see like around the wrist, these sort of glowing tattoos of shapes and symbols that mean nothing to anyone else are starting to like form kind of under the skin and the 
the voice sort of falters a little bit from commanding to uh, obviously fearful, like in a situation that he does not want to be in. And he's like, no, I need to go. I need to get out of here. Your property of cloak. I'm property of no one. Uh, and you see him, uh, make a gesture with the hand that has, uh, a watch on it. What's, what's that? Points with his free hand. It's a gun. He's pointing, he's pointing a gun at you actively. And then he just did a weird thing with his hand. But he answers, it's it's a gun. <laughs> why, why am I here? What, what are you keeping me here for? To study. You mean to destroy the Earth? You're a threat to all of us. We're getting counter logistics from you. It's in the name. He would then see Thomas's face kind of darken. And, like, you can't really tell anymore because there's no pupils, but, like, the eyes dart to the gun, to the mirror, to the rest of the room, sort of piecing together exactly what's going on, even though it was sort of explained to him. And Thomas says to him, put the gun down. Lay back down on the bed. No. Then you hear a noise start. So Thomas looks around the room real quick. Is it starting to fill with gas or something? I mean, you can put that together. Okay. You can have that one for free. Yeah. he's So he's like, all right. And he kind of tightens his grip on the crayon a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And looks this man in the eyes and says to him, there's only one person in this world that I know for sure loves and cares for me. Let me show you why she calls me World Ender. What do you do? What does is, what is my sweet baby boy do? <laughs> you see the, the, the fist tighten and then, like, lets go and does a sort of, like, twisting, like, uh, f- uh, splayed fingers motion. And when he says world ender, the whole world, the whole like room sort of freezes for a moment. And it's like the light is being pulled down a drain towards the spot where the crayon once was. And like we get a side view of this man with his gun drawn and he's not moving. We see from his perspective, Thomas sort of hand out room kind of swirling into one spot and even like a close-up on this man's face you see like the the fine hairs on his face or not necessarily the beard is but like those really thin hairs on his face are like sort of lifting and being pulled towards where the crayon is and even like the moisture on his eye is starting to like come off and stretch almost infinitely across the room towards 
the singularity. And then because light has been sort of like sucked into this point, you don't see any motion past that. But what does happen afterwards is an extremely violent burst of gamma radiation. And Thomas is directly engaging a threat. Yep, I believe that's the case. Make your roll. I guess that is density control. Yeah, that's density control, baby. This is how he's going to kill the world. Seven plus danger is six. However, uh, I have... So it's a six. However, I have um, not human enough when you directly engage a threat in a terrifying fashion. I'm going to say this is probably terrifying. Yes, it is, in fact, terrifying. Uh, I'm going to mark condition to choose an additional option, even on a miss. What condition are you going to mark? How are you feeling? Because uh, I imagine you're feeling some way. Yeah, he's absolutely afraid. I get to choose a thing. Uh, and one of those things is take something from them. I'm taking his gun. Oh, good. That's just what we need. Another I'm... one of Matt's characters to have a gun. <laughs> Only good things happen when that happens. He looks at you and he says, You, you freak, just stop. Just stay where you are. Just go, go away. This isn't, why are you doing this? You weren't able to do this a day ago. And, um, he's gonna actually like start backing away towards the door. Um, Mm -hmm. and he's gonna try, he's gonna try and leave. He's already got the gas going. In the room. Uh, Thomas will use this opportunity to then pick up the key card and, like, is getting closer to him as he's going towards the door. He, he and... just backs out faster than, like, he's mm-hmm. trying to make space. Yeah. Uh, he'll, yeah, he'll just keep pressing him until he gets to the door and either has to open it or face someone who just made a tiny. Uh, black hole out of a crayon and now has a gun. <laughs> if that's what he could do with a crayon, what could he do with a gun? God damn. Well, while you're doing all of this, um, while Jack isn't directly dealing of any physical blows to you, I imagine the whole situation might be giving you. So mm-hmm. I would like you to roll to take a powerful blow. Okay. You're trapped and you're freaking out. And I don't think that these acts of aggression are because you're not because you're calm. I think it's because you're freaking mm-hmm. out more and more and feeling yeah, more he... and more threatened. Thomas is not the sort of person that resorts to violence like this. He's not cheats. But he did learn it from cheats. That's true. That's he true. did. Cheats is such a great role model. He's so cool. May he He's rest so in cool. peace. Take a powerful blow is roll plus conditions. Is that minus for each condition or plus one for that each condition? That is plus one for each condition. Okay. So I got a seven, bringing that to an eight with my All one right. condition. So then you choose one. 
lash out verb verbally to provoke a teammate, which you can't do. They're not here. You're by yourself. Yeah. You're you're all alone. Doesn't that suck? And you will be for one thousand years. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. You give ground and your opposition gets an opportunity, or you struggle past the pain and mark two conditions. Hmm. So this is gonna get spicy. Mm-hmm. Um Thomas is not thinking rationally right now, and he probably accidentally discharges the firearm and gives the opposition an opportunity. Yep. So while you do that, you're kind of startled and like looking at where you shot and Jack's sliding out the door and how the door set up like you're not also going to get through it. Mm-hmm. So the unfortunate thing for everyone in this facility is that uh, this man just rolled a bunch of random shit into a room. He sure did. With Thomas, who once turned a bread, a knife into bread. A bread and a knife. I yeah, know that was bread the into most knife, and then a <laughs> Check this out. I can turn knife into bread. Yeah. You so, also have everything you had on you last night. Um, which includes a taser. Which includes a taser, and I think um, you still have parts from a CD drive, and like you probably have other random parts. Yeah, I got a bunch of random shit. Yeah. Um, I-, I know you still had some snacks, some of the plastic Dollar General toys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Thomas is then going to uh, look at the door, then look at the mirror, and he sees himself in, like, this panicked state. And that sort of, like, sets off, like, his survival, like, do anything and everything you have to do immediately to get out of here. And he grabs a bunch of the stuff off of the cart mm-hmm. and starts, like, assembling... From the taser and a bunch of like medical like calipers and stuff, a essentially a flak cannon, and is going to like blast a hole through this mirror. Okay. Because he's smart enough to know that if you're going to put an observation room like this, it's a two way mirror. It's not just like yeah. for his himself to like see what his outfit looks like. Yeah. Uh, Check yourself right. out. So yeah. you're gonna roll your alien tech. Alien tech. Just change your appearance if you're on your home base. Freak. Oh no. Um, Let's you change your hairstyle. So it's gonna get spicier. Uh, this uh-huh. is only a six. On Ooh. a miss, though, the device works, but it has a completely unintended side effect that the GM will reveal when you use it. Well. First off, Mark Potential. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. that, that gets me to five out of five. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, gamer. Okay, so you made a big a big a big kaboom, a big cannon to blow up the mirror, which you do. I'm gonna say it interacts with the gas that was filling this room. 
and uh basically it's not like it's not setting the gas aflame it's just like instant smoke like all everything that was gas is now smoke and so even though the gas wasn't really affecting you which was kind of weird you would think that if they were containing you they would have gas that affects you specifically but they didn't that's kind of weird uh but now it is smoke uh and so it is kind of it is affecting uh, affecting you just i don't have i don't have a, a move for this um so just, you know, thematically, it's affecting you. As Thomas starts choking and, like, trying to, like, wipe the smoke from his eyes. And it's not doing anything. And he, like, stumbles into the room that was past the mirror, kind of waving the gun ahead of him in case there's something in there. And he's going to start... Trying to, like, get out into the facility and probably cause a lot of problems. Okay. Um, there is someone in, in the mirror room. Um, it, it looks like it was someone, like, taking notes and, like, what, uh, like, watching your interaction with Jack and, like, just documenting it pretty much entirely. Surprise, motherfucker. So what do you what what do you do? You got uh, guy Thomas here. points the gun at the guy and is like, give me your phone. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, actually, you know, roll to provoke. This is a game with rules. Dice rolls. This is a game with rules. Dice rolls. Uh that's an eight. Okay. Uh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna just do it. He's not gonna instead choose one. He's gonna Oh yeah, whatever man, just don't don't shoot me. And he tosses you his phone. You have your phone, by the way. Yeah, but I'm gonna ruin this thing, so Yeah. <laughs> I just thought you might like to know. Yeah. Uh and you also have the communicator that Alice uh gave you. Hmm. That everyone everyone on the team had. I, I don't communicator. Yeah, I mean, you know, you were captured in the middle of the night from your house, so that might be yeah. useful. Till you try to use it, and then I have to break your heart. So yeah, um, Thomas, like, still pointing the gun at the guy, is sort of like, using his other hand to like, crack open the case. Probably like, just bites off whatever plastic is in his way. And then and, like chews through whatever, yeah, just nom 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 nom, just stress chewing that, and like does something to the phone, to then like try to send radio signals to anything that might be uh, listening on any radio frequencies to open up, which may or may not be uh, other containment rooms or. Anything that shouldn't be allowed into the world. Okay, so you're alien trying tech again. You're trying to alien tech to release the locks. Like, yeah, like all the locks that might be listening in on any radio frequencies. Okay. Chaos, chaos mode. Yeah. I love it when I roll below a hit on alien tech. 
So that's a miss. It works. But something happens. Yep. So uh, I'm going to do... Wait, that was a miss-miss. So don't forget to mark potential once again. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to say that it works, but it only works for this room. It unlocks your door. Then Thomas is going to hold on to that in case he has to directly engage any other threats. And he will get out of here and try to get out into the facility proper. Uh, so once you get into the hallway, um, so the first door, the, the door to the observation room opens up and you're in a, a, a long hallway and now you hear the alarms going off. The door to, to your room, uh, you see that like a blast door has lowered on the other side of it. <laughs> But, you know, you circumvented that, so good on you. Uh, And you can also see, like, down the hall, like, there's, like, guards and stuff getting ready to come towards you. Hmm. Okay, he's he's going to, like, run in the opposite direction, if available, and try to find, like the next room that doesn't have guards in it. Um, okay, yeah. You you can find a, a room that doesn't have guards. It's, um, it's a lab, like, uh, that doesn't have anyone who doesn't have guards, because we can say there's a chump in there. Like, there's a... Definitely cool, the chump. There's a scientist doing science things. There's, like, I don't know. Something that I'm sure you can nab. <laughs> There's a mass spec machine. <laughs> uh, Which yeah. you wouldn't be able to na- nab because those motherfuckers are big, but... Yeah. Uh, Thomas will run into this room, sort of chuck the useless thing that used to be a phone at this chump. Yeah. And, oh! and then collect goes. a... Uh, like a, a a a like a Bunsen burner, a um, syringe, and let's say a um, like a microscope. Yeah, yeah. Um, and using these three definitely capable pieces of equipment, will us try to assemble a. Machine that will bore a hole straight through most materials for lengths upwards of 30 feet. And he will just point that straight up to try to, like, put a hole in whatever ceiling is in his way. Uh, That's a good move, because you haven't seen windows yet, so... Yeah. Alright, that is a nine... Uh, 10, actually, because I'm a freak. Hey, on a 10 plus, choose one. It works exceptionally uh, well, or you get an additional use out of it. It works exceptionally well, I'll say. Okay, um, so you're able to exceptionally well carve a hole up. So, and it, like, <laughs> you, you, you get it so that the dirt, or I guess it wouldn't be dirt, but, like, you know, the building materials 
Uh, it's just a nice ramp. You can walk up, even though you have flying powers. I don't know how to make this exceptionally well. <laughs> it goes a bit uh... further. Yeah, it goes a bit further. Uh, uh, how about how about we say this? It goes into a room uh, that does have windows, and you are on the ground floor. Okay. So yeah, Thomas will fly up that hole, see the windows, and shoot them out with the gun. And then try to, like, fly to, like, slam into them, glass break, all that stuff, and be free. I'm, um, I'm gonna have you roll to take another powerful blow, because mm -hmm. glass shards. Yeah, that's valid. Alright. And then Thomas passes out. <laughs> and Thomas <laughs> passes out. Uh, that is an eight. And that's plus your conditions, Mike? That is plus my conditions. Um, okay, so choose one. Let's mark two conditions. Beautiful. How how's Thomas feeling? What conditions are is he marking? Uh, hopeless and angry. Thomas, congratulations! You escaped from the cloak base. Uh, relatively unscathed besides you look completely different now and you're emotionally scarred and also maybe have some some physical damage from the glass I think he'll probably just throw the gun away at this point because he doesn't need it anymore uh, uh, go ahead no, I was just going to say and then, like at that point the only thing he would do is like fly up get an idea of where he is in relation to the land that he's been surveying for 200 years. And he has that. He's been lying about, he's been lying and saying yeah. he's been surveying it for 200 years. Mm -hmm. And then try to fly uh, to the only safe place that he knows, which is his home. Yep. Um, so this is, this was actually, um, in the woods outside of Spring Hills, so you are familiar with the land when you fly up um, and you are able to get to your house. What is it like? Your house is empty. Like, not lived in. Not, not just someone came and captured you and something happened not just it's empty and it's been emptied it's abandoned for years the lawn is overgrown like there's some windows that are busted down and never fixed uh and it just it's not lived in so i think we get a scene of thomas having looked through the house and found nothing he sort of comes out of it and you see him holding the picture of himself and his definitely real mom and he is like holding it in the hand that was used to turn a crayon into a black hole and he just sort of like crushes it just slightly like puts a couple of wrinkles in it and you see his face and the pupilless eyes welling up with tears the mouth like fixed in a, a 
twitching frown, and then the tree line, and then the horizon, and then the whole world, and the camera keeps panning out to the galaxy, and eventually it's just sort of blackness. The heroes are Matt, Chell, Lily, and Frindical. Jimmy was done by Shannon, and editing and producing was done by Chell. The tracks used in this episode are intimate spotted by Jess, who you can find on Twitter at Roadkill underscore Ghost, and Fireway, instrumental by Forget the Whale, which is licensed under attribution, non-commercial, shareable, share-alike, 4.0, international license, and is from freemusicarchive.org. Thank you to Ray Calavis for making your art. You can find her over at Inc. on Twitter, or keyligraphyinc.com. If you like to be heard, leave a rating and review on your your podcast of choice. For more shows like this, check out the imaginary broadcast. And remember, it's as real as you want it to be.